Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, where all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and we do this every year. We talk about New Year's resolutions for our kids, and such an important topic, especially in these COVID times when so many of our kids have been doing online school, and in some cases, bed school. So they're really not getting the activity that they might have gotten when they had gym and or recess or walking to the bus or even to school. I mean, there's a lot of things that have been kind of put by the wayside, really, in the last couple of years. And joining me is Dr. Lanre Falusi. She's a pediatrician at Children's National in Washington, D.C. She's also a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Falusi, I want to jump right into this, and I'm an exercise physiologist, so I love to think about exercise and healthy eating, but there's so much more to this very comprehensive model of New Year's resolutions. If you were to give your first piece of advice to get our children started on healthy habits and create a plan of action, what would you say to parents? You know, I think that's absolutely true. Parents and kids alike over the past year or two have not been able to be as active um, or to eat as healthy as they might want to for a number of reasons. I would say that my first piece of advice is to make it a family plan. Um, So not to expect just like the one child to be able to make all these changes, but to sit down together, have a conversation and decide, you know what, as a family, here's something that we are all going to try to do differently or try to do better this year as part of our New Year's resolution. Um, and that way, it, I think it makes it more fun. It's almost like a challenge that we're all trying to do this together um, and we can support one another throughout this process. And that piece around making it a conversation, I think, is really important. I think when we hear resolutions, sometimes the gut feeling is, oh, you know, it's such a, it's so difficult to start a new year, set out this lofty resolution. And then by March, if you even remember what your resolution was, you don't feel like you are really achieving it potentially. So if the idea of resolutions feels too heavy for families, then maybe think of it as a goal or a fun project or something that, again, we're all doing together. Well, that's great advice, and and certainly always the advice I give when parents ask me about cooking and getting their kids to eat healthy is make it a a family affair and have the kids help you garden the fresh vegetables and plant the seeds and they hate to weed, but then help to cook and think about things they can buy at the store that they've never made before. So there are all these things, but it's not only healthy eating and, as I said, getting them out of bed for school. What types of things do you think are important that kids should and maybe can attempt to change as we look at that family unit? What are some of the things we're talking about here? Yeah, just as with anything else in pediatrics, I tend to think of this in developmental stages. Every age will be a little bit different. Um, So if you have a child who is a preschooler, you know, maybe something basic as 
I will let my parents brush my teeth twice a day. <laughs> and, and that will be my resolution. Um, and just as with anything else, as we were saying, maybe for the parent, that means first you let your child brush their teeth um, with you know, a dry toothbrush, and then you go in and do it with toothpaste. So they feel like they have a little bit more control, a little bit more input in the process. And at the end of the day, they have gotten their teeth cleaned um, you know, well by you, um, twice at least. Thinking about preschoolers in that way, or maybe um, thinking about trying different colors of vegetables. Um, so at, with a preschooler, again, thinking about colorful vegetables and being involved in the process. Um, and maybe when you come home with the groceries, they decide which vegetable they're going to try that week. And as your children get older, I think they even more so get to be involved in the process for kids you know, five to 12 years of age, um, setting even more specific goals. So one that I really like is around drinking water. I have three kids myself and my oldest is six. So when we sat down to talk about what resolutions could be, you know, she uh, together actually, um, we came up with this idea of drinking more water throughout the day. And she said, you know, I'll, I asked her, how do you think you might um, meet this for yourself? And she said, you know, I think maybe after each time that I eat something, even if it's a snack, I'll make sure I drink water. After I play, I'll drink water. Um, so kind of thinking about her own schedule for the day um, and coming up with those goals I thought was really great. Also, as kids enter this age, they're more aware about other children, other children's needs, other you know, their classmates' emotions about things. So one great idea for this age is encouraging your child to look out for bullying behaviors or look out for the kids who may be playing alone and seem to want to have um, want to play with someone. Um, so a resolution around, you know, reaching out to kids who may want more friends or who may want to play more and um, and doing, you know, thinking about, again, the mental health crisis that we are in uh, with kids that for over a year, many of them did not have that daily interaction and may need that encouragement. So if you have that extroverted child, that may be um, a great way for them to practice those skills. And then as we get into our teenagers, uh, thinking even more so around making these goals even more specific, you know, eight to 10 hours of sleep a night, for example, and maybe focusing also on safety. Um, so resisting peer pressure around uh, drugs, alcohol, vaping, other forms of smoking. Um, and also, you know, encouraging them to think a little bit more about their own wellness and mental health, um, a resolution around, you know, when they feel down, when they feel stressed, finding a trusted adult to talk with or a friend or something else that builds up their, their mood, whether that's reading or writing or listening to music, kind of having a plan in a way of what they might do when they start feeling those, uh, those negative emotions. And regardless of what resolution or plan or goal that you and your family come up with, I do think, again, it's so important to have that conversation around it, make it fun um, when you can, um, and really make it action-oriented. Um, we know that the research shows that um, action-oriented goals are much more likely to be met than, say, avoidance goals. So rather than saying, you know, I'm going to not eat chocolate every day. That's a sort of a hard goal to reach or to feel successful at, but to say, I'm going to eat at least two servings of fruits and vegetables a day. 
that feels much more achievable and you feel more successful when you have met it as an action rather than trying to avoid something. So lots of great tips, I think, for families. There's no one right way to go about this, um, but lots to, to chew about and think about. And this list, I should say, is available on the healthychildren.org website. Well, you certainly have hit so many of the major points and the mental health crisis that our teens and children are going through is really it's really a crisis in this country right now. But so your eldest is six. So you are right in the thick of it. I've got a 19 and 22 year old. So I have been there and I can tell you right now, don't blink because it goes by fast. But what great information. What about things? And especially as I look at our teens and I've been trying to do this with my kids, a contribution, a calling, gratitude, as you mentioned, bullying. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And even for these little kids, because being part of the solution and not part of the problem, my kids used to say, mm-hmm. can't say, can't play, right? They So they would not, you're not allowed to not let somebody do that at schools. But in this mm-hmm. climate we're in, it's so divisive and so bizarre that I think teaching kids about what they have and to really appreciate all of these things, how do we do that? How do we teach our kids gratitude and helping and like you said helping others pointing out bullies that sort of thing because sometimes they're a little hesitant to do those things I think that's absolutely true. I think one of the ways that we can encourage our kids to think about gratitude um, and to sort of reach out to others and help to have that positive impact against bullying, you know, one thing is being very deliberate about, you know, talk about deliberate practice, being very deliberate about um, talking through these things. So when you yourself as a parent have something that you're grateful for, something wonderful happened at work or, you know, um, a family member did something great talking about that and saying those those words very specifically, you know, I'm so grateful that this thing happened or your child has done something wonderful. You know, I'm so grateful that you did this X very specific thing. I'm so grateful that you are so kind and caring. Um, or when your child uh, does one of these things, so let's say they tell you about a child at school who was being bullied that they um, spoke to the teacher about, um, very clearly saying that was a wonderful thing that you did because it helped make helped to make your school safer um, and probably helped to make that child safer and brought to light this very important issue. I think the more very positive and very specific feedback that we give to our kids and teens, the more likely they are to continue those behaviors. And that's true for everything, by the way, healthy eating, exercise, um, you know, these kinds of behaviors that we're talking about. You know, I think also more time that we have our kids and teens thinking outside of themselves, the better. So looking for volunteer opportunities. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if your child, you know, your child, your family, um, your community um, feels that you may be more on the privileged side or even if not, getting out into volunteering, I think is so important. And that might be um, at soup kitchens or um, gathering together items that uh, local 
community organization, you know, is looking for. And in COVID times, I understand that not everyone is convening together. Not every organization is allowing volunteers in, but many do have um, online wish lists um, so that you can order items and have it sent to the organization. I think there are lots of ways that we've seen kids and teens really step up during this pandemic um, and really think about others. Um, there are studies showing that the more that we volunteer and get out into the community, the more grateful we are about our own lives. Um, so I think those are really great habits to, for us to be able to set with our kids and teens. And with some, Dr. Falusi, we have to snap them out of this, and I mentioned bed school before, this, <laughs> this phone obsession and social media, which really contributes to some of this divisiveness and, and kids' fears about things and the stress and everything. What about rewards, Dr. Falusi? If we're saying to our kids something like, okay, if you stay off social media for an hour or you don't go on Snapchat or Instagram. I mean, I kind of love TikTok, but yeah, I get it. Are rewards something that is helpful to kids or do they send a different message? You know, rewards for all of us are actually great ways to keep up habits. The question is, what are the rewards that we are offering to our kids and teens? And I think that is what determines whether uh, this is these are you know helpful or not helpful. I think when it comes to screen time, there there are you know high quality educational helpful outlets out, out there in terms of um, what kids and teens can be doing with their screen time. Um, and then for screen time that's more kind of downtime, um, you know, we do encourage that to be limited to one or two hours a, a day. Completely recognize as well that during this pandemic that that has been difficult for parents to kind of keep to that guideline. In our household, it has been difficult. So I have zero judgment for parents whose kids may be utilizing more screen time. And maybe my advice there is to, again, as much as possible, steering them toward more high quality educational um, kind of um, programming. Um, it's a little bit different than social media um, with teens, um, where that is usually on a device that they're uh, sort of utilizing one-on-one -on -one as opposed to, say, a movie that we're all watching as a family. Um, in that sense, I think continually having that conversation around safety is important. Um, you know, talking to your teens around what's new that they're seeing online, um, what, what are some of the current trends, are there challenges that people are posting online that are dangerous that you may want to discourage them from, or are the conversations happening um, that they may find um, distressing and want to talk about? I definitely would encourage, again, utilizing uh, social media just as a tool to have a conversation, not necessarily to say that children and teens should not be on, particularly teens should not be on social media. You know, there is a, a use for that, for amplifying certain positive messages. Um, but I do think that uh, always having that conversation around the safety piece, um, both physical and mental safety, um, and how that social media use may be impacting that is really key. Really great information we're giving. And as we're getting ready to wrap up, Dr. Falusi, 
as we want our kids to try and start this new year with some healthy habits, eating, maybe getting some more exercise, we have to give them that autonomy to make the choices and control of what it is that they want to look to change and how they can change it. So I'd like you to wrap up by telling us how to start that conversation how to go about assessing our family's mental health because that plays into whether or not kids are even going to be able to start to look at the things they would like to change, how we gently check how they're feeling and how we get as a family really into some good healthy habits and try and get out of the funk that we've all been living in for a few years. Mm-hmm. I would say, I think that is a place to start. Sort of everyone sitting together and saying, Where are we right now? Before we set any goals or any resolutions or expectations, where are we right now? Let's reflect a bit on the last couple of years. Uh, Are there, where do we find ourselves to be most stressed out? Where do we feel like we have changed in a way that was not so positive? And having that sort of motivate the family to make those positive changes. Um, So it doesn't have to be a change to sort of out of the air, but rather saying, you know, we are finding that when we're all sleep deprived, we are not very nice to one another. (laughs) And that is really impacting our mental health. Or the days when we are all stuck inside um, are days when we just don't seem to have as much energy. So maybe there's a goal around getting outside more as a family on weekends. I think the mental health piece is real. It's definitely real uh, in terms of what we have seen in, with kids and teens and adults alike uh, when it comes to signs of anxiety and depression and even increased thoughts of suicide. So I think being very t- transparent about where you are as a family um, is, is a good place to start. And then kind of setting the goals around that. In the... Um, almost sort of like organizational sense, setting a time every week that we are going to kind of meet and check in together probably is a great idea. So I choose like dinner time, you know, one evening a week and just kind of see where everyone is with that goal, where you may need more support. And then honestly, where you may have to alter that goal. So maybe it ended up being just a little more lofty than you're able to achieve at this time. And we'll just kind of, you know, change it up a bit um, and give ourselves some grace and uh, and maybe try a different approach. Um, I also encourage families to remember that you have a whole network around you between your children's teachers, certainly us as pediatricians, there are others in your um, child's life who would be more than happy to hear about the goals that you're setting um, and to help you to reach those goals. I know as a pediatrician, I, w- I love when families say, you know what, we're we're trying to all exercise more, and that's great. We can now kind of work together um, and have some, you know, shared thinking around what could um, what could be helpful. Your pediatrician may have some ideas around community-based support, um, whether it's specific to mental health itself, or around exercise, or healthy eating, or even safety or uh, sports groups and teams um, that kids can join to uh, get more kind of social activity along with that exercise piece. So we are here to help. I think, you know, we we as pediatricians think of ourselves often as part of the child's family um, and, um, and are always thrilled, I think, to be a part of helping you as parents support your child and to kind of make and keep to these healthy habits. 
Well, you certainly are. That was beautifully said because our pediatricians are our best resource. And as a parent, I can tell you right now, mine is golden. And you know that the AAP is the gold standard. Our pediatricians are here to help us raise our children safely and happily. And that is really all that matters. As long as we get them through to adulthood and and figure out the ways, because being a parent is not easy, but helping your child to set these resolutions as a family, looking towards some real positive goals can go a long way to helping everyone in the family. And thank you so much, Dr. Felusi, for this great information today. You're listening to Healthy Children. All of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can listen to these shows on Spotify and iTunes, tune in, Google Podcast, everywhere that podcasts are played. But we want you to listen at radiomd.com. So for the American Academy of Pediatrics, Healthy Children, Radio MD, I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well and thank you so much for joining us.